You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chief, some host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Organized team activities continued on Thursday. We heard from Chiefs Offensive Coordinator Matt Nagy, as well as Defensive Coordinator Steve Spagnolo. After that, we'll go to Chiefs Special Teams Coordinator Dave Tobe. Then we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll catch up with a couple of the new Chiefs assistants and wide receiver coach Connor Embry and running backs coach Todd Pinkston. Here's Offensive Coordinator Matt Nagy. Good, good to see y'all. How's it going to be back at the, at the mental at OC? Yeah, it, it feels good, you know, just to get back, um, really just in football in general, just from, from the season last year was such a joy. It was a lot of fun. Um, like I said before, familiar faces for me, but um, now we're back at it, you know, short off season, which will trade off any 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 year, and uh, we get back to it. Matt, what do you guys lose in, in Juju moving on, and, and how do you re- replace him, fill that void? Yeah, Juju did such a great job last year coming in, learning the system, uh, you know, in general, those new guys last year, it, just working through the timing element of the routes. And, and I think he did such a great job that you could see it click with Pat, um, you know, really towards the end of training camp and then taking it into the season. He had a great feel, just kind of understanding the offense. So he's also, you know, he has some, some good experience. So um, we, we understand that and we wish him the best. But at the same point in time, we love our wide receiver room right now. The guys are competing and um, it's it's at a point right now that is always fun when there's new guys that come in from other places or rookies um, for them to learn who Pat is and the other quarterbacks and work work through that that cohesion that they that they have. But Juju, great player, and you know, but we have got a lot of great guys here. We like to. There's been a lot of stuff about Kadarius potentially being this top mm-hmm. receiver for you guys. What makes him that internally for you? Well, I think we all see um, what he can do when the football's in his hands. And, again, the same type of deal. He comes over halfway through the season. It's a whole new offense. He's got to learn um, the ins and outs. And, and, and so you have that point. And he was able to do that. And it's exciting now for us to be able to take that to year two and, and build that relationship with Pat. But he's super talented with the football in his hands. And he's, he's been that way his entire life in his football career. During the offseason this year, specific things as far as uh, instead of general improvement with him? Sure. Um, yeah, I would say that for us, you know, he's he does so many things really well. So you want to try to find the things that he can either improve at or um, even if it's you can always go back to footwork and timing with any quarterback. And uh, but at the same point in time, too, I think the other thing would be working with his progressions, getting to to number three and four is always another thing that instead of maybe trying to force a throw here or there, which I thought he did a good job last year of, of making smart decisions, working to that third, fourth, and sometimes that fifth progression in the play. So um, really in training camp, we'll, we'll really be able to focus on that with the pads. I just want to ask you about the makeup of the wide receiver. Obviously, you guys don't have maybe 
Yeah, it's for it's competition, and I think any type of competition that you have always um, brings the best out of everybody. And the the one thing that you see with, with you know Coach Reed, Brett Veach, uh, Patrick, and what they've done over all this time together is um, no matter who it is, whoever the team is, uh, whoever the experience is. Um, they do a great job of making it work for a lot of different reasons because of who they are. And, and when you have a bunch of guys that come in that are competing for different spots, and um, it just, it's fun because you feel the energy every single practice. There's no one taking a day off. They're out there. And now it's just a matter of um, working through what we worked through last year with Juju and Quez, that timing in the, at, during this time of OTAs, figuring that out with newer guys that have come in here. And, um, and that, that's to, as a coach, when you start putting in plays to try to get guys and see what they can do in certain routes, that's that's what it's about, that process. Andy always says he really enjoys doing the scheme evaluation mm -hmm. after the season. Um, being in your previous role doing the scheme evaluation and then obviously be, being promoted to o, mm -hmm. OC, how did that best serve you as to how you want to make an imprint on the offense now? Sure. Well, Again, everybody here knows, you know, I was fortunate enough to come in here in 2013 with Coach and, and kind of be there to, to, to be a part of the process of implementing the system that we run. And that's evolved immensely in, in the time, in that time till now. Um, but then you have the scheme eval. Every year is different. And um, we're really hard on ourselves um, to, to be in the top three every year in almost all categories. We want to do that. So, but there's, there's some areas of improvement that we have that we know we can get better at without telling the whole world we know what they are and internally we're working on that and that's the challenging part that keeps you going as a coach and as a player wanting to be great in those but not lose where you are really good situationally so that that's for me just a part of the process will we be able to see your fingerprints on this or i mean just the average fan is going to be able to tell the difference in the offense beauty of what coach Reed does this all starts and ends with him and in the end uh you know what I think one of coach's greatest strengths is is, is negation um he's really good at that because he trusts his staff um in all phases offense defense special teams but um at the same point in time he also one of his greatest strengths is um being able to adapt and change a year so I just want to be able to help in that area But you, there'll, there'll be some differences, and I think that's what keeps it exciting and new and fresh for everybody. Last two, we'll go Okay. And, and Chris, like you mentioned, you got a young, fluid receiver group. Mm -hmm. and you've also got Connor step into a leadership role for that group. Sure. What do you see in him that tells you that you know he's the right guy and the right coach for that group right now? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and Connor, I think, has um, internally, when we're in the building, we get to see every day how these coaches are in front of their players. And another thing that coach does is he does a great job in the offseason that, again, no one sees, but he gives a lot of um, uh, responsibilities to the young coaches, quality control coaches, assistant coaches uh, by, per, by position. Connor's done that. And I think what better way to interview for that type of position than doing it every day in your role that you're in, which was the last previous year, couple years. So um, he, he, Connor has great strengths. He's going to grow like all of us every year. He'll get better. But um, it's also the player's job, too, to know that and to help out and help each other out. So that's, that's the fun part. Coach, um, Clyde obviously is coming into this year. He's not going to get the, the fifth-year option. He's had some highs and lows on the field, been hurt here and there. What have you seen from him this offseason? 
getting ready for this year, and what do you expect out of him? As yeah. You move toward- just a, a great attitude. I've always, you know, respected him from afar. Um, when I was in Chicago, just kind of noticed him as, as a player. And then when he came here to Kansas City and got drafted and the process of where he was and for me to meet him last year and see who he is, um, he's done a great job of just really um, focusing on right now and everything he can in practice, in the, in the meeting rooms, um, and just being a leader, you know, for, for, for him to be able to uh, understand our role with him, his role with us, and Um, It's a very important position, and his attitude has been phenomenal. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Been a while, huh? Good to see everybody. Don't want to forget this, uh, Sid. All right, just great to be back out there. It was nice and humid today. Um, A little different than yesterday. Yesterday was nice and cool. Today we got a little heat. We got a lot of work done. We've had a bunch of work done since we've last visited with uh, you guys and gals, and happy to be back here doing it. So with that, I'll just open it up. You've got a, obviously a couple new faces from the defensive side just with the draft and everything. Yep. Can you kind of give us a little bit of an overview? Rundown on all the guys? <laughs> They're all young. They don't know anything right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, so obviously you asked about Felix. We haven't seen a lot on him because he's been dinged up a little bit, so it's hard to tell. Um, listen, we've had uh, Chamari out there. He's slowly progressing. He made a really good play today. Nick Jones, right? Uh, Nick's playing some nickel for us. Fittingly, um, he's done some good things coming from a smaller school, Ball State, right? Uh, BJ is one. I know I'm going to miss one, but BJ Thompson. But BJ's been really impressive. He's done some good things. He's a young, raw guy. We knew that going in. He he stuck out today, made a play. And who's my fifth? Yeah, Dan KC. I call him KC. Um, great job, you know. But just an energetic, passionate guy. You know, reminds me a lot of Colin Saunders, really. Um, same body type, and hopefully he can be the same kind of player. So that's a little bit of a wrap-up on those five draft picks. And then we got some other younger guys out there running around. It's Listen, you guys have asked this before and been through it. There's a huge amount of volume thrown at him right now. Justin Reed went through it last year. Um, the vets that come in go through it, um, and it takes a little while. We don't take that to the game. And all these young guys are kind of spinning and floating. But a little bit of smoothing out now. We went through... You know, phase one, just meetings. Phase two, we were doing walkthroughs. Then we get them out there going against our offense, and you know, they're, they're spinning. Uh, but we're, we got through practice six today, so hopefully it's starting to smooth out a little bit. Question on two players: How does Amenahu and then Tranquil fit in the mix for you? You think this year? Uh, FAU t- Amenahu, oh uh, Charles. Now you know what I get messed up on the Felix last name, the the Charles. I'm with you. Okay, Charles and, and Drew. Uh, look, they're doing a great job. They're, they're terrific. Both those guys are pros, real intelligent football players, really happy with what they've done to this point and where they're at. I'm glad we got them. Uh, I just think both of those guys elevate their positions, uh, and I, I think that gives us a lot. We'll see how we work them all in. It's going to take a little while to that, um, but right now, from what I've seen, Drew's made a lot of plays. You know, you know as a, for a lineman, in these pack practices, you know we can't finish. You know you got to stay away from the quarterback, and they pull up, so it's a little bit tougher to tell there. But love the way both those guys operate. When you, you throw all this stuff at them, and you have the rookies all together at the beginning, so when they get around the veterans, it changes for them. Have you yeah. seen, generally speaking, what you'd like to see from that transition from inundating them with stuff and kind of going along? Yeah, uh, each guy's different, right? Um, so they came in in the rookie mini camp, and th- now we stayed very basic there. 
because they were going against the offense. And where it started to pile up for them was they were home a week, I think. They went home a week, then they came back, and they were one week of phase two. And we were, like, we didn't slow down, the veterans group. We didn't go back and slow down for them. They just had to pick right up. So they've been playing catch-up from the beginning. And each guy's different. You know, some of the guys stand out, and they're really sharp. Other guys, it takes a little while. But I do think, for the most part, it smooths out. You know what? When it typically smooths out is when they make that first really good play, right? They get a little bit of confidence. Like, I saw Mari make that, Chamari make that today. I'm, I'm hoping that that translate to him get a little bit more confidence. These guys, more than anything, when they come in here, gaining confidence is huge. It's huge. When it comes to edge rushers, uh, you guys, since you've been here, brought in a number of guys late in the game, whether it's Terrell Suggs or Kevin Ingram or last year, yeah. uh, Carlos Dunlap. Um, I know that's Brett's deal, but if, if, this is, if, if this is your group, if this is who you go in the season with, you feel pretty good about that bunch? Yeah, right now. Now, listen, I still got to see. Uh, I mean, we know what George has been here, right? Mike Dana. We, know, uh, we, we don't know Charles. I mean, we know what he didn't say. We don't know Felix, right? Way too early on that. Now, Malik Herring and Josh Kendo, I really, really am hopeful for those two guys to surface. They've been here for a while. They know what we're doing. But, you know, it's up to them to take that next step. And both of those guys, I think, have done a really good job to this point. Those are the six I think we're talking about, right? But you're right. We uh, thank God for Brett in the last few years. We've been able to – Carlos, I think we got early, right? In some training camp or something. Um, and I'm sure we would try to do that again either way. Maybe, maybe I guess the hope is that we don't have to, <laughs> right? Uh, that'd be a good, good problem to have. Coach, when you look at your second-year DBs like Brian, Jalen, and Joshua, how much more comfortable do they look yeah. now than they did this time of year? Ago? You can just ask them. And did Trent included, right? The five of them. NJ is out there doing a great job. Now I sat, I sat with them and was somewhere with them a week ago, and they're like light years ahead, and they feel it, and it's different, and they're confident. And the first day we went out there for a walkthrough. The communication and the talk. Now, I'm including Justin reading that because last year was, was all new for him, too. Even though he was a vet, uh, the system was new. And those guys just, from a verbal and uh, being kind of tied into that standpoint, they were just, they were just gelling. Coach, it looks like you have Nick Jones and, and Boodle working the inside right now. Yeah. Um, when it comes to top guys, I know they're not working, but do you anticipate McDuffie being that guy for this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we would never give up on always having Trent and LJ ready to play in there. Um, I don't think that will change. Love for another guy to surface, you know, so that when we want to keep LJ and Trent outside, somebody can go in there. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. If that doesn't happen, then one of those two will be in there, and a little bit will be depending on who we're playing, what the matchups are. But both those guys can play in there, and we're trying to find another one. Coach, you saw how last one. Justin Reed worked with Mark Thornhill last year. Just from your perspective, how has he been with Brian Cook this time around? Yeah, terrific. You know, Brian's one of those guys that uh, he's a bold, vocal guy. Uh, you know, even last year, I know he was kind of the third safety and kind of rolled in there on dime, but. As a young guy a year ago, uh, I was impressed with how bold he was. Some of these guys come in, and some of these young guys are going through it right now, and they're in a position where they got to communicate, and they, never, they don't want to make a mistake, right? So they, they whisper it, you know, they don't hear him. But the guys that will blurt it out loud and proud, whether they're wrong or whether they're right, I like those guys. Uh, Book was like that last year, and he's kind of just carried that into this year. Those guys are working pretty good together. Thanks, Coach. All right, appreciate it. Good seeing you all.
your thoughts so far? Uh, I don't like it. You know, I've, I think Andy kind of said it all. You know, you know what he said. I, I totally agree with him. But it's um, not something we're happy about. You know, I was on the committee that went up there and, and looked at the uh, you know the concussion tape and everything, and, and we advised them that it wouldn't be something that would probably make the play safer. We didn't think, but um, you know, as it's well documented now, but. <laughs> they they passed it. I mean, I, obviously, there's a lot of um, you know reasons why. You know, I mean, because of the numbers were up, and you have to do something. You know, and I understand that. Uh, but uh, you know, it's the rule now, and we're going to deal with it, and we'll coach it up, and and try to turn it into an advantage for us. You, you know? mentioned just having to do something. Did you anticipate, or did you offer maybe other potential well, alternatives? <clears throat> you know, some things that some things that we we said was that we would help. You know, as a, a united group try to coach it out of the game, coach the head out of the game. You know, um, that's one of the things that we, were, we brought up. We didn't have a, a, a solution like a, a play or, or, a, or a new rule change that would make the play safer uh, right now. But what we have to do is, as coaches across the board, offense, defense, and special teams, is, is teach players to keep their head out of the, out of the tackling because it was the, it was the kickoff team. Guys, most of, the, most of the injuries, most of the concussions happened on the kickoff team. Guys coming off a block and then throwing their head in front of a, you know, throwing in front of a, a returner, and they were getting concussions. So we have to do a better job coaching uh, the head out of the game. If we do that, we'll get the numbers down to a reasonable number. Do you have any, sorry, do you have any estimation just uh, among coaches you've chatted with if, if a lot of you guys went, just how significantly this will decrease just the number? Of we don't know. We don't. We don't know. I mean, right now, our, I mean, we we thought there might be more. You know, there might be more returns. There might. You know, just because you make a fair catch, the play's not over. I mean, you, you, you're, you know, because it's a free ball. If you drop the ball, it's a, it's a free, you know, it's a, it's a free ball. It's, so the, the guys are going to be covered until that ball is caught. So that's not going to change. So it's still going to be a physical play. You know. Other than you losing a potentially exciting play, what, what's your, what are your issues with the new rule? Like, what specifically? I just think it's a, there was a lot of strategy involved. Um, you know, if you're a team that's trying to get back into the game, like you're behind and you're on, on kickoff and you're trying to create a turnover, try to pin a team, make them go the long distance, you know, one of the strategies was to kick it high and, and try to tackle them inside the 10. Maybe, you know, make them, make, force them to return it, maybe force a turnover. Um, they have to have, maybe cause a penalty, maybe a fumble, you know, whatever, you know, and get the ball back, you know, I mean, really for your, for your offense. I mean, that, that was a huge strategy that's now, uh, you know, if you're a, a good kickoff team that's going to loop the ball down, and they could just fair catch it, and you know, and and then get the ball to twenty five every time, and kind of take that away. So it was a big, you know, strategic thing that was taken away from us as as special teams coaches. You've always been an aggressive guy in terms of running kicks back. Yes, I know you're not going to give us anything specific, but are there general in in general? Do you see you guys using that we'll, much when you're the return team? We'll use the we'll use it in certain circumstances, like you know, if we're up in a game, for instance, and you know, and, and we don't want to take a shot on goal because they kick the ball to us, and and it might be uh, better for the team just to fair catch it and take it up to 25. We'll do it, you know, but it's not something that we're going to do a lot. I'm going to tell you that. You know, if they kick the ball to us, we're returning it. You guys know that. Uh, we want everybody on the same page. We're going to be aggressive. You can't, you can't have it both ways. Your kickoff return team, when they turn and run, they have to think that you're coming out with it every time. If, you, if they're back there looking to see if he's fair catching or not, the guy's running by him, and you have nothing. So you have to be all on the same page. It has to be one or the other.
The, the XFL's got the interesting rule where they have the guys on the line of scrimmages moved all the way down and they kick yeah. off. Did you guys consider that? Did yeah, we did. We looked at that. We, we looked at tape, you know, on the uh, up in uh, NFL films in Jersey. Uh, we watched it. Uh, it's something that we could possibly go to someday. I mean, that, that could be the next step. Who knows? Uh, but it is something that I like it because there's more return. There's returns. And they put the ball back at the 30 or kicking off in the 30. And I love it because there's more returns. It seems you know? that Kadarius and Pacheco might have expanded goals this year, especially after last year. Do you anticipate having new returners? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do anticipate that. Um, you know, some guys that are doing really well right now, you probably want to know Prince is looking good as a running back. Uh, he, he reminds me so much. of You guys remember Nile Davis. He reminds me of Nile. He even has the same number. Uh, didn't do it in college, but, you know, he's showing um, – Traits right now that so much he he reminds me so much of Nile that it's kind of scary, you know. And Nile was pretty good for us, and you know as he went on, obviously the touchdowns and um, you know so I I, I see him in that role. Um, Richie James uh, is a guy that you know he's got experience, did it in, in NFL games, which is that's huge as we know, and um, you know he's definitely in the mix. Um, uh, Ross, the other one, you know, number eighty-five, he's he's another guy that got great speed. Uh, you know, had injury problems at, at, at Cincinnati, but you know, if he could stay healthy, he's he's definitely in the mix. He's probably one of our fastest players back there. You know, and then you still you still got Sky and you, and you got Amir. Uh, we have a we have a bunch of guys that are possible guys that, that can do that for us. A couple more. I know you're not running things like live and tackling people. And last year, you lost some of your key special teams guys, and you had to work these new guys into it. You're gonna have a Probably more of a group for a second year. Yeah, everything goes in cycles. Like last year, we had the cycle of young players, you know, and and, I, and and they did a great job, and they got better and better as the year went on. And then obviously, in the playoffs, we were reaching our peak. It took a while there, but we were playing good football then when we needed to. They're all back. All those guys are back, so they're going to be that much better. Now we got a new group of young players coming in. So as a group, I, I predict it will be better, you know, right from the start. Anybody that you can tell that's going to to help you early? Uh, of, the, of the new young players? Yeah, I know it's hard right now. It's really hard. Um, I'm excited about the linebacker. I, I talked about Prince. I'm excited about the young linebackers, uh, Moore and Jones, the two free agent kids that we have. Um, I like our the, the kids that we drafted, uh, uh, Connor and um, um, Jones. Jones. Yeah, both, both of those guys are going to help us right off the bat. Um, you know, and then the D lineman, the defensive end, uh, possibly you know some some role play, but not 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 so much as a four phase guy. But I'm excited about the young players. But really, it's those last year's young players that are getting better that we're gonna you know guys like Cochran and Nazi. You know, he, he towards the end of the year, Nazi Johnson as a as a gunner, he was playing better than, than anybody in the league. So I'm excited about him. He'll probably be our number one gunner coming in the next year. Last two, Nielsen, go ahead. Coach, you had some huge plays both in the AFC Championship yep. game on returns that set up what ended up being a game field goal, which was another big play. The Super Bowl, a huge return, and of course you win it on the field goal. Yep. Can you talk about how sweet it is to play big, good in the biggest game? It was, it was, it was really sweet because of the way the year went. You know, the way that we had a tough year, you know, throughout the year with, you know, with the muffs and young players making dumb mistakes and. Uh, me coming out in front of the media every week saying, trying to tell you we're going to get better, we're going to get better. And then uh, a little bit of redemption, obviously, in the championship game with Sky. I mean, I felt so good for him that he was able to have two big returns for us and help us win that game. 
and then the punt return, uh, obviously in the Super Bowl with Kadarius, was huge, uh, and it was a big. Uh, it was it was it was good for the whole group, whole room. Was so 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 elated about that, and then Bucker being able to kick the, the game winner with his ankle, starting off at the first first game with a sprained ankle, and all year long he was dealing with that. Uh, being able to, to put it all together when we needed it most meant a lot. Dave, this is probably what you just said might be your answer to this, but I just wondered if I could tap into what leads you to think that aggression is, is the way to go with, with returns and things like that, especially obviously. Why is it? Yeah, I just wondered like, what, what prompts you to. to How are you going to score a touchdown if you don't return it? You know, I mean, if you just take a fair catch and they're kicking the ball to you. And everybody gets their blocks, and you have the ball kicked to you in a, in a, in a situation. Turn it, you know, back it up, and you go. You know, there, there, like I said, there will be times when we'll have a, it'll be a special play when we fair catch it. Block it in front of him, and he'll be able to catch it, and we'll take the ball at 25 when we need it. But we're going to stay aggressive. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, Blue Valley West. So, yeah, I've been, uh, I'm a coach's son, so I've been moving around my whole life pretty much. Um, I moved out here. My dad, when was that? He got in with Herm when Herm was here. So, moved out here freshman year of high school and went to Blue Valley West, then went down to KU, walked on there, uh, played under Coach Gill for a year, and then Charlie Weiss the next three, and then stayed with Coach Beatty. Um, GA'd there for two years and then popped around some high school, went up to uh, San Fran with my dad, did a Bill Walsh internship out there, and then um, Eric Bieniemy helped me get out here. So I've been here since 2019, so it's been good. <laughs> it seems like a, you know, you're a young guy, right, but you, you go through that resume. It's a lot of work to get here. What did the past couple of years like been here when you're just way behind the scenes doing things mm -hmm. and now I guess to be accomplished from being a position coach for this particular franchise? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm young, and but I've been around it my whole life. Like I said, my dad's been in this business. My brother's a coach for the Jets. Um, my uncle's a high school coach out in, San, or out in Santa Margarita, California. Um, but yeah, it's just always been in my blood. I, I wanted to, I grew up wanting to be a coach. So um, 
it takes coach coach reed puts a lot on us uh they like you said the behind the scene type of people and um i learned a lot i had a bunch of great coaches to learn under and um it's just been fun so other than that not much <laughs> Being with him at practices and workouts, what are your initial impressions of uh, Rasheed Rice? He's doing great. Uh, the whole group's doing great. I, I like the whole, all 12 of them. I think we have 12, yeah, all 12 of them. They've all been in, working. Um, I have zero complaints. He's, uh, he's, he's got uh, some, some juice to him. He's a bigger body guy that um, we don't really have in our room. So he's a, lift, uh, a little different in that way, but... He's been great. Been great in the classroom. Been great on the field. How have you seen Sky maybe take the next step now during his second season? Sky, yeah, Sky's been great. Sky, you know, we put a lot on him last year. Usually, when we get a, a receiver, we try to keep him at one position, and you know, that's easier to learn that way. But we threw a lot at him last year. He played every position, all three of them: X, Zebra, and Z. Um, but he's been great. He came back in great shape. He looks stronger. He's a little bigger. And then he just got that year, year under his belt. So he's not that little puppy dog anymore. He kind of understands what's going on, understands the, the tempo we practice at, and just how to be a pro. So he's been great. When it, when it comes to Justin Ross, do you just get the sense that he has what it takes? It's just a matter of staying healthy and being on the field. Yeah, Justin, again, Justin, another one. Uh, he worked hard last year. Um, he was, you know, in every meeting and all the stuff that everyone else was at. So he kind of got a year under his belt also, just without the playing aspect of it. But he's been great. And, yeah, I'm excited for for him to see him out on the field and see what he can do. He's another kind of different body. We don't have someone like him, so he's uh, he's good. <laughs> what do you think expectations should be for him? Uh, I think it's just like everyone else in the room. It's whatever you want it to be. It's it's up to them. We give them the teach everyone the same way. Everyone, like I said, everyone's in the same meetings. So it's really up to him. It's he's got the talent. He's obviously in the NFL for a reason. So it's just like anyone else in the room. They they got to go earn it. So. A couple more. Connor, you, you said that coach is really hard on quality control coaches. Can you explain just what, one of the, what was one of the hardest assignments that Andy gave you that mm -hmm. um, helps you be the coach you are I, I don't know if it's just one in general. I can't, I don't know if I can just think of one specific moment but it's just that's how he coaches on everyone and that's that's why we are the way we are and everyone in the building is that way it's he there's a standard it's not just for the players it's for the coaches too and you you learn that fast you learn you, you're either you're out or you're coming up to the standard so uh but like i said it's been great learning from obviously one of the greatest or the greatest coaches there's been in this league so i always joke I'm like he, he's forgotten more football than I'll probably ever learn so he's been a great mentor and um, I wouldn't want it any other way I'll talk specifically about like each one of the guys you coach with it's a varied group of guys you've coached with right and obviously mm -hmm. Andy Reid is, is yep. top of the top yeah would you take along the way from some of these guys uh, at, at different levels I try to take some from everyone. I, I tell the receivers the same way. Like when you're watching film, don't just watch the defense, like watch the other receivers, like see what they're doing. So I try to take 
whatever I can and still, you know, be myself, but I try to take whatever I can and, and you know, because I'm always learning. And that's one thing I learned from Coach Reed. He's in install meetings, and when someone's up there, he's taking notes. So if he's taking notes, I'm taking notes. Last one, DJ. Um, how tough is it for, like, because, you know, it's kind of once you get into that Andy Reed circle, you're, you're in it. Mm -hmm. How tough is it to reach up to his standard and, and to his level? Um, I just think it's it's hard to be in this in this league in general. I tell our guys all the time, you're one of 32. So there's only 31 other X receivers or Z receivers. So just that and and you know, you got to same with my job. There's 31 other receiver coaches out there. So there's a standard being in the NFL and then there's a standard if you want to win Super Bowls and go to whatever five consecutive AFC championships, NFC championships like he did. Like it's there's a reason he's done it there, here, all over. So it's just he's done it. So why not follow him? <laughs> Thanks everybody. Thanks Thank you guys. Appreciate it. It's it's a it's a little similarity because you can see them guys running so hard and like when Pacheco came in and me being at training camp last year, I see a lot of similarities, running hard, running fast, running viciously or whatever. But so um, the similarities are definitely there. Todd, what do you feel like Pacheco's missing by not being able to participate? He's not missing anything. He's not missing anything. He comes to the meetings. He um, actually, if he's on the field not doing his rehab, he's actually getting a lot of mental reps helping the young guys out, actually helping me out as well. So uh, I don't think he's missing anything besides the physical part because he's getting all the mental parts uh, down pat. Coach, you played for Coach Reed, correct? Yes. What's the experience been like not coming back as a coach and working under him? Oh, it's, it's good. It's good. I know what to expect from him um, as far as the ins and outs and what to, what to do and what not to do. But uh, it's, it's, it's fun being on this side of the ball now, and um, it, it's giving me the joy. That when he gave me a call, you know, I was delighted to get an opportunity to come coach with him. What's been the difference between playing for him and coaching for him? Uh, practice. <laughs> 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 I don't have to run around as much, so uh, it, it's good. It's good. I can see from not being in the meeting as far as their staff as a player, but being in the meeting as a staff, uh, as a coach now, see the, the ins and outs, what he looked for when we watching film and that also helps me out as far as like learning what to do and what not to do. Very early, has he changed much? Uh, yes, he's changed. No, I I think he's he's he kept a state uh, steady steady flow with as far as coaching styles and strategies or whatever. It's just the fact that I can see the difference in me playing for him and me coaching with him or well, coaching for him right now. Uh, I can see the similarities as far as stuff we did back in the past. Todd, uh, Clyde seemed frustrated at the end of last year between the injuries and everything. What's his frame of mind been since you've uh, come aboard? Uh, it's been it's been good. It's been good. Uh, when we had our Zoom meeting before we started our phase two, uh, you know, I had all the running back to give me your goals going into the OTAs, and he wanted to be a lot more vocal, and he's been doing that, helping me out uh, along the way, as well, along with Coach Elliott. Or the running back coach and, and helping the young guys out, or actually DP, 
helping us out and his his mind frame, mind frame is totally different. I told him press the reset button and start from, from scratch and we can go from there. As a former NFL player, you can speak to this and how easy is that to, to press the reset button? Yeah, it's it's very easy. All you gotta do is just, you know, press it in the brain or whatever, okay, let me give me a fresh start or whatever. But the class been a great to us and in, in, in my room and our room and uh, I think he's gonna do well for us. Did you envision like this? Oh, uh, he always asked me because I'm always hitting him up every every week uh, when I left Philly or whatever. And it's always a good luck, coach. Great job, coach. And coach hides the family, so I'm always keeping in contact with him. And he always asked me, "What am I doing?" I'm always coaching somewhere, as for if it's a high school, college. And I guess he saw the vision that I, you know, that I have and I have for myself being a uh, a coach's son, you know, I guess he saw it in me. So he gave me the opportunity to come be uh intern with him last last OTAs and last training camp and, and he saw something that in me, I guess, to bring me aboard. Thanks everybody. Thanks coach. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.